note from the unlikable ladies. This episode was recorded before the murder of George Floyd and widespread protests. We want to express our support to all the communities affected, and we will be offering query and pitch critiques to those who donate to bail funds supporting protesters. You can find more info on that on our social media. Links at the end of the episode. Welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast featuring feminist thriller writers in conversation about women who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Kristen LaBianca, and I'm here with Lane Fargo. Hello. And Wendy Hurd. Hello. So we're now in uh, month two of this pandemic situation. Uh, What's new in your neck of the woods, Lane? Um, Everyone's an idiot. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I don't think that's new. No. no, I was, uh, yesterday was my birthday, um, as, at the time that we're recording this and I wanted to see the city of Chicago cause I've just been in my like little North side neighborhood for the past few months. So my partner and I drove down Lakeshore drive and just saw like, like all the parks are supposed to be closed, but there were like hundreds of people out in the park, no masks walking close to each other. And I just like, I just wanted to scream. I was, ugh, people are idiots. So yeah, um, I had been wondering why Chicago's cases kept going up, but now I know. Mystery <laughs> solved. People are dumbasses. Yeah, it's like people have always been idiots, but this is, like, it's it's going to become revealed very quickly which ones they are. Like, mm-hmm. now, now we have like a visual cue to tell. Yes, yes. What about you guys? I was out at the, I was just like walking my dog and there's a park near my house and everyone's allowed to be outside. That's like LA has opened up hiking trails and you're allowed to do like curbside retail, but that's it. And I'm like, so we should, it's, it's like, you have to be wearing masks outside of the house. That's an order from the county. And the whole area is full of people not wearing masks, whole families out together, walking on the sidewalks, walking in the park. No one's wearing a mask. I was like the only one. I was like surrounded by mask free people. Ugh. Why? It's so infuriating. I don't know. I was driving um, just around in the neighborhood yesterday, and there's like an ice cream parlor that I think they've been closed for the last few months. And the weather has also been like cold and rainy, so no one would have been going there. But like things finally are opening here, and the weather was really nice yesterday. And there were so many people just standing around in groups eating ice cream. And it's like, oh my God, can you just go home and eat the ice cream? Like, why? Is America great again yet? What's going on? (laughs) Oh, it's exhausting. It really is. Yeah. And my partner, like the museum he works at, did mass layoffs last week. He escaped them this time, luckily. Um, But it's just like seeing the cost of this for so many people. And everyone's out in the park playing Frisbee with no masks. I just, uh, yeah, it's fucking infuriating. Yeah, I keep trying to like tell myself like everyone is doing their best right now. This is a really <laughs> hard time. Everyone's doing their best, but it's like, are they? Some people are not doing their best. No. <laughs> not even close. No. Well, in happier news, today we're going to talk about hot women. Uh, the topic today is the woman who will steal your girl. Yes. So what do, what do we mean by this besides just like a hot woman who could like take your girlfriend from you because she's so hot? I feel like this is like a very specific type that is unlikable to men, certain men in particular. That's kind of how I feel about it. What do you guys think? Yep, I agree. I think that like 
in you know a lot of pop culture and books and movies there's this idea of like you know a guy oh he thinks it's really hot to see two women having sex except when it's his woman (laughs) and then so there's like this element of like mistrust involved in this archetype like this is a this is a woman who is who could steal away your girl and there's something really unfair about it to him Mm -hmm. like so this a little bit to me overlaps into the um, predatory lesbian trope that we Mm -hmm. see yeah you know it's like the the untrustworthy lesbian who's going to prey upon straight girls innocent straight women they don't know that she's (laughs) you know that they're being sexy to her they're just innocently being women and then she's kind of luring them into a false sense of safety around and then she strikes (laughs) (laughs) like a viper (laughs) just gives really good head (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think like the underlying fear for men uh with with women like this with characters like this is like once a woman their woman is with another woman she will not want to be with him anymore because she'll realize like oh i can have multiple orgasms i can be happy i don't have to put up with this bullshit (laughs) or even one yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah it's like men are afraid because like they think if women see what they could get on the other side that they won't want to be with men anymore which is a very well-founded fear gentlemen honestly yes like like we we are aware that all men are monsters so (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking the sort of when i think of this type the ultimate example to me not just like the character she plays but like in real life is angelina jolie like number Mm -hmm. one she could steal me anytime (laughs) And then um, Ruby Rose also, like, is sort of the more current example of that, I think. But at some point, are... we're going to have to transition into the Orange is the New Black section of this episode. Oh, yeah. Right. It's yes, there's be... a lot to, <laughs> to discuss. A, a lot to unpack with Orange is the New Black. But, like, both Angelina and Ruby are, like, women that straight girls or, like, well, allegedly straight girls will, like, tweet things about how they would go gay, like, just for Angelina or just for Ruby Rose. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of, I remember when Orange is the New Black came out, there were all these think pieces about like there were straight women saying they were attracted to Ruby. And then there were all these think pieces by gay women being like, you can't just be gay for one person. This is so offensive. <laughs> they were like really upset. And uh, yes, Ruby Rose is a very divisive figure for gay women. And I don't, I've always been interested in that. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, it, par- it partly could, it could partly be because she's like a pretty bad actress, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's not the point. Though. Does, no. does, she, does she say anything? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's good in, like, she's in that John Wick movie, right? Like, when she does action roles and she doesn't talk a lot and she just right. looks badass. Like, well, yeah, like, she barely says anything in, in the John Wick movie. <laughs> but, like, she can look badass and be, like, brooding and cool and, like, that works. Mm-hmm. I think there's a certain amount of like she's palatable like she's so pretty and she's so delicately feminine in her features yeah but i think there's something sort of annoying that like this is the only butch lesbian that we will accept on tv (laughs) she has to look like a supermodel she cannot actually look masculine or you know what i'm saying it's almost like she she's like i think maybe like to men like a cute hot girl dressing up as a butch lesbian as opposed to like what maybe that so maybe that's annoying i could see why that would be annoying yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense actually 
but both she and Angelina and I think some of these other uh, characters that we're going to talk about have this like they're beautiful they have this sort of masculine energy like that's something yeah. else I think about with this type of character is that it's this very strong masculine energy but is like a beautiful femme woman typically in in pop culture anyway <clears throat> It's kind of like a woman daring to do the man's job in the most offensive possible way. Like, it's one thing for you to come in and take my jobs that I've always had. It's another thing for <laughs> you to come in and take my woman or something. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. territorial. Yeah, there is, like, this element of, of territory. Like, I don't even know. I don't even really know how to explain it, but it's like, you know, this masculine energy confuses men, right? Because, like, they don't know, like, what what is this person? This is a beautiful woman with masculine energy. I'm confused by it. And so there's this idea of, like, no, we're the ones who are allowed to have the masculine energy, not you. Well, it's, it's like, a kind of sexiness that's not really um, for the male gaze. It's, like, more for the female gaze. And mm-hmm. that confuses men, too. They're like, it's not about me. It's not for <laughs> me. What's going on? Right. You know who else is a great example of this type of character? is um, Jazz in the Kill Club. Do you care to comment on that, Wendy? Thank you very much. There's actually a line in there where she goes to a party at a guy's house and he says, watch out for her. She'll steal your girl. There actually is a line of that in the Kill Club. It says she's the competition. I wrote that she's down in my notes. She's the competition, yeah. <laughs> I love that line. Well, she, because he he's says, kind of watch like, out. She's the competition. She'll steal all our girls, I think is what he says. Because he says it in a very good-natured way, though. Uh-huh. Like, he's not mad about it. He's just like... Yeah, well, the, the other guy's reaction is like, awesome, I want to watch. And yeah. I, and I coincidentally named him AJ. Sushi. <laughs> what could your inspiration have been? I don't, I just, it just felt right. It just felt right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Jazz in the Kill Club, I actually think Scarlet in my next book fits this archetype in a, a little bit too, because she mm-hmm. like kills a guy and then seduces his ex-wife, mm-hmm. like spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, Kristen, do you think Roxanne fits this archetype at all? Um, I think, I think maybe a little bit. Um, she, I think Roxanne definitely has some masculine energy, um, but she's also like, she's such a mess personally that like, this is, she cannot possibly have a, strategic attack to steal anyone's girl like she's just a disaster (laughs) that's just not plotting you think the strategy is a part of it it's not just like an accidental like the girl is attracted to this type of character it's like a a plot to steal the girl yeah i think there is like a little bit of predatory yeah something going on there can i ask you about a character that i want to say was uh shockingly hot as a young gay was the character in Mulholland Drive, Rita, Camila. Do you remember this character? Did you guys watch that movie? I did, I did watch that but movie. I don't remember. There's the innocent blonde Naomi Watts, right? Uh-huh. And then there's the brunette who kind of like starts out as the friend but sort of seduces her. Right. I, rem- mm. I mean, I remember that scene. <laughs> I yeah, I was going to say, how is this scene not burned into your retinas forever? <laughs> I blocked out the rest of the movie because it made no fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. That scene is the only, it's just fast forward to that yeah so yeah the predatory thing is interesting so you have a sort of like doe-eyed i don't know what's happening and And that too like it makes sense that this is threatening to men because it's like that's their thing is being predatory (laughs) assholes (laughs) 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 
who knew this? Well, no, we should have known that this episode would turn into bashing men. That's what we do around here. Right. On the Unlikable Female Characters podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's true that nothing, there's nothing men find quite as exciting as a really confused and lost and innocent female who can't help but say yes. Right. But then Mm -hmm. what happens when that gets taken by someone else? Mm -hmm. A woman. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. So other examples, I was thinking um, Villanelle in Killing Eve. <gasps> yes. I still have not watched Killing Eve. Uh, Kristen. I know. <laughs> You're going to be so obsessed when you finally watch it. It's so gay, Kristen. It's so it's gay. Always been a, Sandra Oh has always been a problem, but now with this new, I can't. She's so hot. <sighs> but yeah, like villanelle the serial killer character assassin whatever um she is she has that kind of masculine energy and seduces both men and women all across the world and her whole relationship with sandra o's character eve is very like eve is not like a doe-eyed innocent but she is like very confused about how she is responding to villanelle i can say (laughs) that's that's fair like you aren't really sure if it is sexual attraction or just like fascination or or what Mm -hmm. it is um but villanelle is like like aggressively pursuing her like sending her gifts and creepy notes kind of like we see male stalkers do or like you know romantic heroes depending on the (laughs) the viewpoint of the author half of one Mm -hmm. half dozen of one yeah but she's very aggressive and kind of terrifying because she's you know a serial killer but she's so hot (laughs) (laughs) she makes her wear that dress oh yeah and then she's like you have a great body while she's like making her wear this dress, but like upon pain of death. Uh huh. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> Into it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Eve's husband is kind of like pointless. Like, what is the point of him? <laughs> yeah, he, he's just nice. He's just eh. bland and nice. Yeah. Villanelle is sexy and exciting and might kill you, but like, what a way to go, right? <laughs> Although there was one thing that irritated me in that one, which is the same thing that was done in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, where there's the scene where there's two lovers in her bed that have to go in the morning. Mm. Oh, to show that she's bi. To show that she's mm. bi. It just yeah. drives me crazy. Stop it. You that don't is ha- so annoying. That such an annoying device. It is. And it's like, it's been done and done and done and done and done and done. So find some other way. People are just going to think we bisexuals wake up every morning with a man and a woman in our bed and we just kick them out. <laughs> yes. And it's n- it's never like, oh, I'm in a relationship with a man and a woman or we're neighbors that we have sex sometimes. It's always like we met at a club and it's right. like, sexy and bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's like very like, strangers. who are these bisexuals who are living like that? Like, I don't know. I don't know any. I don't either. We're all boring, domesticated bisexuals. <laughs> yes. As opposed to just being like, I had a boyfriend for two years, then I had a girlfriend for two years, right. then I had a boyfriend for two years. It's not that exciting. <laughs> well, that's something, too. I feel like they're often with um, bisexual characters on television. You'll have a character who like was with men, and then they do like a plot. This happens in Grey's Anatomy all the fucking time. They, oh, yeah. Then they have like a plot line where they're with women, and then they're like just with women forever, and like yeah. people won't even refer to them as bisexual anymore yep. unless they want to like... <laughs> have the drama of them being with a man again. Like, yeah. I, another example I wanted to talk about today was, do either of you watch The Bold Type? No. It's yes. Really, yes. I have not seen most of the most recent season, though, because it, like, got extremely bad. Oh, I still like it. But um, Kat <laughs> on The Bold Type, she, like, starts out 
like she thinks she's straight then she falls in love with a woman and then they just kind of I was just like, oh, okay, so she's bi. They never really say. And then in this most recent season, they had this scene where she like is like, you guys, I think I might be bi and like comes out as bi. And I'm like, bitch, I knew you were bi. <laughs> right. It's like, it, and she had never previously described herself like as a lesbian. So it's not like, so like, why is this the revelation? Like she was attracted to, what's her face? Adina. Adina. And, you know, they were in a relationship and then she dated a few other women. But like, it's just weird that like she didn't have a label for herself and then all of a sudden she's like, I think I'm bi. Why, why now are you having a label? Yeah, it was very strange. The whole scene was like a big head scratcher for me because then her two friends are just like, oh yeah, like we accept you no matter what. And I'm just like, this has always been the case. Like, why yeah. are we having, <laughs> like I was kind of glad that they like had her say that she was bi. Like it's nice to have that representation, but I was just like, I thought we already talked about this. I'm so confused. Yeah, like for like from the beginning of the show, like I thought, yeah. She was always bi. It's very strange. Yeah, I thought so too. But she's an interesting one because she is like very sweet and innocent looking herself, but she could totally steal your girl. You wouldn't see it coming. That's true. I think Adina kind of has this this energy of yes. the, the woman who'll steal your girl for sure. She does too, yeah. Kat would like do it accidentally, but Adina would do it on purpose. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so... Can I talk about Alex from Orange is the New Black? Please, yes, all day. that's on my God. list as well. <laughs> I love her so much. So she literally does do this, the girl stealing. Yes. Like in this show. Mm-hmm. Yes. And well, she does it well. And she does it sort of blatantly um, without any apology- apologies. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of this. On Orange is the New Black, like a lot of women with this energy. Like Natasha Leone has this energy, yes. just like in life, right? For just sure. In general. Um, yeah, so Alex much. for sure. Uh, Leah De La- Leah Deloria, yeah, there, yeah. Her, I can't say Deloria. her name. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, she has that. I <laughs> she I always think of um, she has that scene in the movie The First Wives Club. Do you guys remember that? Where she hits on mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn's mm-hmm. character, and it's like very that energy. <laughs> <laughs> It's been kind of her whole career, but yeah, I mean, Orange is the New Black is obviously like a super gay show. So gay. I haven't seen the most recent seasons of that either, though. I kind of stopped watching it a few years back. Yeah, I stopped watching it after uh, they killed off Pusey because I Me was too. very disturbed by that. Me too. Storyline. Um, yeah. I stopped watching it before that. I think I like had been planning to watch that season and then I heard that that happened and like how it happened and I was just like I don't need that in my life it sounds really awful yeah I was just like I don't even want to see how they try to handle this in the next season so that was enough for Mm -hmm. me but like when that show was new it was that was like such a revelation there's like so many queer women just Mm -hmm. being queer and that's not the main plot of the show like Mm -hmm. it was it was amazing Alex is such a great character because she's like kind of an asshole but in a way that I find very very attractive Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and then like the way the way their relationship happens it's it's obviously written by women and queer women because it's not like oh I'm a doe-eyed straight girl and I don't know like it's they it's a flirtation that turns into an affair you know just like Mm -hmm. any other Mm -hmm. although there is that sort of I would say that dynamic of it a little bit, right? Like they're playing roles, but almost for fun as opposed to like, no, I really don't know. And no, I'm really, you know? 
yeah i think that's accurate yeah piper like kind of wants to see herself that way or like act like she was innocent mm-hmm. but not really yeah and alex is like fine play that role I, you know it's hot but it's <laughs> not like she really sees her as innocent and and when her fiance tries to portray her that way alex is quite like you know thinks it's quite funny that's a great scene i forgot about that (laughs) (sighs) so i would like to point out um marina from the l word Mm. as one of these these types (laughs) with everyone's favorite uh character jenny schecter hate jenny schecter (laughs) hate her she is awful awful (laughs) Throwback to our very first episode, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, my hate for her will never die. The flame will never burn out. <laughs> I've still never seen the L word. L word, and there's like oh. a new one now, right? Though, like, the oh yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it either. Yeah, Jenny Schechter. Yeah, but she, she gets seduced. She just didn't know. She didn't know what was happening. She was so confused. It's hard. Like then, suddenly, this lesbian is doing things to me in a public bathroom, and I just—I didn't know what to do. Ugh, Jenny. Jenny, 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 and her bad writing. Well, so tell me about this other character because I'm not familiar with the show. So, um, in the the very first season of The L Word, so Jenny is this terrible writer who moves to Los Angeles and she moves in with her boyfriend or fiance I can't remember and um, Marina is the owner of this coffee shop where the characters frequently go and uh, she winds up seducing Jenny yes in a public bathroom gross mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have big... they have just kind of like a a weird gross affair I guess that leads to the revelation on Jenny's part that she is actually queer um, but Marina is really portrayed as the villain in all of that when obviously the true villain here is Jenny. Yes. <laughs> I thought you would agree with that. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just like has sex with Marina in her own bed that like it's like and then she goes on to kind of manipulate her boyfriend into letting her stay in his guest house <laughs> so she can write her terrible books even yeah. after yeah. she's sleeping with this other person yeah it's it's just a mess but uh he definitely blames marina 100 percent for all of this hmm. she didn't know she was a nice midwestern girl mm-hmm. cough cough white girl uh <laughs> he just came to the city didn't know any better and this is the types of people who live in the city <laughs> <laughs> This is, is there an happens. element with Jenny's boyfriend of him being like, that's hot, I want to watch, and then like changing his mind, or is he no. just kind of bewildered? He's, he's just, he's hurt. He's so, oh. he's so hurt. Okay. And indignant. Yeah. Because his penis was doing its job. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> his attitude is very much like, how dare. Um, but I mean, they're, he dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> you should sure. be thanking Jenny's Marina. Terrible. You should because be like she sending her flowers. Like, date that other really hot girl. I forget her name. The DJ. Oh. And be like the most annoying partner. It's like everything yeah. she does. And then there's this awful thing where she was like recording videos of herself talking to her dead grandmother. Do you remember this? Like it just got worse and <laughs> it, worse. It just gets yeah. It's terrible. Like it's just abysmal. 
um, in terms yes, of so those Marina are like, was done wrong, and yeah. Marina's in an open relationship. It turns out, like it, everyone was like, "Oh, you know, do you remember this? Like where it was like, what's your wife gonna think or something?" Oh, and then yeah. it turns out that it's fine. Like they, the wife is like a fashion person, and they have an open relationship. So it's really just Jenny that's the problem. <laughs> it is kind of interesting how, like, I mean, depictions of open relationships on screen are so often like it's not there's not like here are people in an open relationship and everything is like fine it's always like a symptom of something else being wrong which like this is not something I feel particularly passionate about but it's weird because it's never just like here are some happy people in an open relationship and everyone is fine with it like Mm -hmm. it's this is the source of much turmoil for everyone always (laughs) Didn't Mindy talk about that in her interview? Like the, uh-huh. the characters in Strike Me Down, it was like they don't have a great marriage, but the open relationship aspect of it is not the problem or even That's like right. really a symptom of the problem. It's just... That's actually an area where they kind of get along really well. Like there's a, a thing in the beginning where um, the main character snaps a photo of this guy she's considering having sex with on a business trip and sends it to her husband. And he's like, go on with that silver fox or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He well, because it's like he's getting laid away more than her, and he's like encouraging her to get out there more. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know who could steal your girl, mm-hmm. Logan Russo oh from? <laughs> For Check sure, I'm gonna say that. <laughs> I just, I'm like Lane. Have you read Strike Me Down? And she's just like, I need her to step on me. <laughs> <laughs> I was sending a lot of uh, very aggressively sexual texts about Strike Me Down. So, Mindy, she if you're listening, I'm ass. sorry. <laughs> They were very, very violent and sexual, but like so is the book. So <laughs> indeed, it's fine. indeed. I'm sorry, but it's like a female kickboxing legend who like beats you up 50 times in the book. It's just the best thing ever. Uh huh. And she's 50 years old, and she's like the hottest person in the book. Oh yeah, incredible. Yeah, we love to see it. I really wish that we could find some of Jenny Schechter's uh, writings to read on the show. <laughs> You're just gonna keep coming back to that. <laughs> I mean, we we probably we probably could make this happen <laughs> at some point. Give <laughs> me a we special bonus a, episode. Yeah, we haven't narrated things in a while since our sex scenes episode. Right. That's yeah. True. Some our sex episode. Some some Jenny Schechter prose would be be pretty fun. <laughs> Lane, it's so bad. Like, it's. I feel like it's always really like whenever there is a a character on a TV show or even sometimes like a character who's a writer in a book and there's depictions of their work. It's often very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. And then all the people around them are like, this is brilliant. You're so talented. And yes. Like, you're sitting there like, really? There's this book that I love called blue angel by Francine prose. And, uh, it has like, it's a, it's a great book except for all of the parts of, that are like the crap that this young student has written about like her parents chicken farm or something and it's just like, oh my god can i just skip it please like i just i hate it like say they're a writer you don't need to show the work that they are producing like mm, doesn't not work for me it also makes you kind of think like is this what screenwriters think books are like right, right. Like, have they read books have they any seen, of them have they read a book yeah <laughs> God, her her writing was always like, it was always that type of writing that's like 
your own life. It's like autobiography, memoir, that really cringy kind. We've all had friends who wrote that kind of, and we've all written that kind of stuff when we were like 17. Right. <laughs> you just don't show it to anyone. You bury it. We're so lucky though. Like a folder. Came out before the internet. Was <laughs> That's like, true. I mean, I had a blog for a while and I hope it's like lost to the. Really? Lost to the depths of the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like in college. Mm-hmm. Mm. Stucky, stucky time. No, I think it's gone. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um I kept a like copy of it on my like on my laptop. I downloaded everything before I deleted it, and I went back and tried to read some of it when I was working on They Never Learn because one of the POV characters is a college freshman, and I was like, I'm just gonna like get back into the headspace of being college freshman. So I like read a couple entries and I was like, Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I hate myself. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. It can't be worse than anything I wrote. I wrote a whole book called Circles that was a memoir. It was my first book. It was t- totally awful. It's gone forever. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> what like what was it about? Tell us. About a young woman finding herself mm, and her sexuality. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like odes to sunsets, like long like descriptions of things like sunsets and train rides so, so be honest did you sell it to the writers of the l word to use as jenny Schechter's <laughs> work same genre not as not as cringy but same genre i feel like a lot of women write stuff like this and then we real we like grow up and realize that it's shitty and we hide it away and then men are like this is brilliant and they publish it as literary fiction and then they win awards Yes, that is very accurate, actually. (laughs) Like, for some reason, it's like, it's like a, you know, it's like women write Dear Diary type of things when they're younger. And then men, as they get older, they write that, but it becomes like a novel, even it's though it's very thinly veiled, and it becomes very successful. (sighs) What the fuck? I am going to find transcripts of of her writings and I'm going to read them on this show and I'm going to make you all listen to them. <laughs> we can't stop you. <laughs> That's the problem. You do this show long distance. We're all in different cities. So there's right. nothing there's we can, nothing do, we can do. <laughs> 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 all right. So what, what other examples do we have? We've, have, we've have gone off the rails again. <laughs> A little. Yes. Um, okay. I would like to talk about um, the body myth by Rhea Mukherjee, who we had on yes. the show. I feel like, um, both of the the female characters, Mira and Sarah, are like they both have this kind of like girl stealing energy. They have a very complicated entanglement. Um, and Sarah's husband, Ray Hill, is sort of like not sure what's going on because like he is also involved with Mira. So it's a very it's a very tangled mess. But like. Mm-hmm none of them are like wide-eyed innocents in this relationship. And I think that that's like a really refreshing way to depict it. Yes. That book is like a fucked up love triangle to end all fucked up love triangles. It's great. Yeah. It's it's like the ultimate fucked up love triangle. Love it. It is funny because you're right. They don't like neither one of them are the wide-eyed innocent, but they each have kind of some characteristics like that and some characteristics like the more aggressive steal your girl kind of character like Sarah is ill and kind of like 
comes across as like she's fragile sometimes and then Mira is definitely more like innocent in her worldview at the start of the at the start of the book so it's interesting how they they both have elements of that and then they kind of like switch throughout the book like back and forth and it's so good everyone should read it yes absolutely it's one of my favorite things that I've read in the last few years for sure Mm -hmm. Um, and have either of you read My Education by Susan Choi yes years ago yeah um I read that years ago as well and I don't remember it super well but like when I was thinking of books that sort of fit this it definitely popped into my head like right away so it's you know there's like it's kind of like this bisexual love triangle sort of thing um, set in academia and there's like this super (laughs) this predatory English professor um, and his wife and then a student who is kind of obsessed with both of them. Um, mm-hmm. Super good. Yeah. So she like has a relationship with the guy and then like falls for his wife, as I recall. Yes. Yeah. I remember the sex scenes and that being interesting. Didn't it get nominated <laughs> for one of those bad sex awards? <laughs> uh, Sometimes women it? can write bad sex too. I think it did. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> there, it's just very like academic almost yeah. in the way, which is like intentional, that's, I'm sure. Cause that's the whole right. point of the book. But yeah. Um, no, I, I like that one a lot. Um, another one is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Evelyn is, um, like, the whole book is about her marriages to many different men, but, like, the love of her life is a woman who she kind of steals from another guy, as I recall. And she's very, like, that, uh, like, aggressively sexual, could steal your girl. Like, yeah. Hot woman. I don't She's such a great character. Um. Did you all read Carmen Maria Machado's In the Dream House? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that was, was wow. It's brutal. It was wow. <laughs> yeah. But I, I wondered if the love interest, if that's an okay term for her, because it's uh, not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not abuser. I mean, <laughs> right. tyrant slash initially love interest in that book. And so I was interested in the idea of like where um, the sort of I'll steal your girl and the lack of agency on the person's part who's being stolen kind of right. turns into a sort of abusive or emotionally abusive dynamic where you've been stolen like the experience of having been stolen instead of just having made a choice to like be with someone mm-hmm. I that's thought interesting that yeah interesting about that book very interesting point that book is harrowing i like yeah. kept having to put it down because it was so much but it's beautifully written absolutely her writing is incredible like i would read anything that she writes. Um, it's a really interesting point, Wendy, because it's like the idea of the woman who will steal your girl, like there's something appealing about this type and there is nothing appealing about this abuser, obviously. But yeah. like, so we, it's almost like I, I don't want to claim her for this archetype because that is definitely abuse, but you could really like look at any of these people that we've been talking about and, and point out the lack of agency involved in, you know, being stolen. Like, are they consenting to being stolen? Yes. Right. But maybe not. Like it's, it's kind of a gray area. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Is there any coercion in any of these, like, for example, in Mulholland drive, that sex scene is really hot and everything, but like you do almost get the feeling that she's being kind of pulled into it or like talked into it or like if under other circumstances she might not like those types of vibes in a lot of these 
Yeah, and I mean, even just the like the very concept that like a person can be stolen from someone else implies like a lack of agency. And, yeah, and yeah. Possession on the part of the original partner, mm-hmm. and like when we talk about this with um, like when the genders are reversed, and we're gonna do an episode later this year on the archetype of the other woman. Mm-hmm. But we're all, you know we talk about women who are like what home wreckers who like steal men from other women, and then like obviously it's really the man's fault like he's the one who made the decision to cheat on his partner leave his wife whatever so yeah the question of agency and like belonging to other people is it it is a gray area we'll just say that for sure i have one other example um the movie side effects with rooney mara and jude law oh yeah so it's like it's like rooney mara is um a woman with depression who like is taking a antidepressant that makes her sleepwalk and she um, kills her husband in her sleep at some point. And her psychologist or psychiatrist Jude Law um, like blames it on the drug and she winds up like being found guilty by reason of a mental disease or something. But like the the trick is she has a former psychologist Catherine Zeta Jones. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to remember who that other character yeah. <laughs> was. I remember she was hot. That was it. Yes, very hot. <laughs> and it turns out that like um, Rooney Mara and Catherine Zeta Jones have been having an affair, and the entire thing was like planned in order to affect stock prices of this antidepressant drug. It's it's kind of a wild movie, but. It has that that element of Rooney Mara is how ha- she has an affair with both of the psychiatrists, um, both Jude Law and Catherine Zeta Jones, and um, awesome. it's all very twisted. But I really hate the end of that movie because it winds up with Jude Law prescribing like some very serious like antipsychotics to Rooney Mara, and she's like trapped in a psych ward, and it's like that's horrifying to me. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, but it is a it is pretty interesting. It's very, um, the chemistry between Rooney Mara and both of the psychiatrists is very real. So, yeah, a lot of bisexual love triangles in this episode. Yes. I'm here for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is an area of interest. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's like bisexual love triangles, but in most of these examples, the woman comes out on top, Mm -hmm. uh, which begs the question that Wendy, you and I are always asking ourselves, which is like, we're bisexual. We have options. Like, why are we with men? Like, why? Why? (laughs) I I truly don't know, ladies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a strange choice. That's all I have to say. (laughs) That's fair, Kristen. (laughs) Well... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have no defense. We have no defense for our choices. It's terrible. I know this is off topic, but Kristen, can we congratulate you on your starred review from Publishers Weekly? Oh, why, yes, you can. Thank you. For once you go this far. Yes. I did not know. Congratulations. I just heard about this um, yesterday. So, yes, uh, once you go this far has gotten a starred review from Publishers Weekly and Booklist. That's so awesome. Which is very exciting, especially because it got a not great review from Kirkus. 
Kirkus? <laughs> so Kirkus and Publishers Weekly never like the same thing. Yes. I've, Kirkus like, has liked both my books, but Publishers Weekly has not. And I've never met someone who was enjoyed by both equally. It's very oh. weird, right? Like what, yeah. what exactly is going on? Um, but yeah, it's very exciting. <clears throat> well, that's so cool. You've got two star reviews on this one. We, maybe you should tell people a little bit about it. When's it coming out? Yes. So Once You Go This Far is the fourth book in the Roxanne Weary mystery series. It comes out on July 7th and it is about in part religion and abortion. So all of the feel good topics. That sounds like a fun read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to read it. I know. I mean, this is a good time to shout out. Um, we have a new thing here on the podcast, which is we set up a shop on bookshop.org, which if mm-hmm. you guys don't know what that is, um, it is this website where you can buy books directly from indie booksellers or um, from the site itself and a portion of the money goes to support indie booksellers. So we've set up our own little shop on there and you can find all of the books that we mention in each episode in handy little lists and easily buy them. I'm really excited. I love I love all the work you've been doing to kind of list all the random shit we say during the episodes. <laughs> harrowing. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening.